0: Welcome to Vibrant Life episode 42. My name is Jessica Parker. I'm a holistic health coach with a master's in health psychology and a fitness instructor. Today is May 26, 2022, and it has been a minute. I've been pretty busy, but I'm super happy to be back on here. And I'm also starting a keto group for women starting June 6th. So I will have information linked below if you're interested, and you can always just shoot me an email at Jess at healthwithjess.com if you have any questions. So today, speaking of keto and speaking of my keto group, I want to talk about high protein versus high fat for keto. And typically, so if you're not familiar with keto, it is very high fat and the ketogenic diet was first developed to help people with epilepsy. Um, children specifically, but it's very neuroprotective, the high fat diet and can really be very therapeutic. So we're talking like 70, 75% fat, sometimes higher even if it's something, you know, critical um, neurologically speaking, but that's kind of the the general area people range with a high fat keto diet. And then protein would be like around 20% ish, give or take, and then carbs 5 to 10 in there somewhere. So that's kind of a general um, idea for where keto normally is. Bringing up your protein a little bit has many, many benefits. So we're going to dive into that a little bit and kind of some of the ins and outs of that. So a higher protein, low carb kind of keto approach would look like maybe like 30% keto. And you have to think of it as, you know, kind of like a bucket that you're filling. And I would aim to make sure that you get enough protein in there. Like your 30% or so, it's really in terms of the amount, it really depends on you and your size and and activity level and things like that. But um, we're gonna say like 30% of your daily intake, um, meaning calories, so around there. And then I would encourage your protein or your fat to be something that you fill in with. So keeping your carbs at a, a certain low level your protein like meeting that level for sure like aiming for that and then your fat just like filling in with it if that makes sense so a lot of times people are like oh my gosh I haven't had enough fat I need to get in more fat and this approach is completely different so it's not being afraid of fat it's not the whole low fat thing fat is good for us the good kind of fat like we definitely stay away from like industrial seed oils you know canola and corn and soy things like that those are highly inflammatory but avocados and coconut oil, avocado oil, meat, um, high quality dairy, things like that are like definitely not to be feared. (laughs) We learned a lot of like really bad information that I really find a lot of people are still stuck on these days. Why protein? So protein actually really helps regulate your appetite. So if your goal is weight loss, which typically women that I work with, men too, but typically women, are wanting to lose weight. And so I would encourage that focus on protein if that's your goal. It's going to help your metabolism burn a little higher, and it's going to help you feel more satisfied and satiated. And we actually really need protein for our bone health as well. So I don't feel like that's a very well-known factor. People are always like vitamin D and calcium, 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 but we really need protein for bone health and you know that's kind of a side note because it's not like playing directly into your metabolism like your muscle mass but it's very important and i feel like it's very much worth mentioning especially because as we age you know people sometimes eat less and protein is one of those things that kind of goes by the wayside so making sure that you get adequate protein 50 percent of the volume of our bone is protein and a third of the mass is protein. Our bone mineral density is linked to dietary protein. Very important. Um, In terms of how much, which I'm not going to tell you exactly how much, that's something like if you're in my group, we are actually going to dive into that together. But I will say that the RDA recommended daily allowance is way too low. And that is true for a lot of things, but we're talking about protein. So it's around 0.8 grams per kilogram, but that um, is definitely, it falls below the level needed for real optimal health and for your muscles to maintain their mass. So we're talking around 1.2 to 2 grams per kilogram is normally what's needed. Aside from all of that, um, calorie for calorie, going back to the being satiated and not like being driven by cravings and hunger all the time, calorie for calorie, protein, and then fiber is um, something that aids in this as well. Are the be- They're the best for keeping you feeling satisfied versus fat even. And the good thing about that is, um, I always say that you should, like that calories count, but don't count calories. And when people are um, first diving into keto, sometimes you see a lot of like the bulletproof coffees and things like that. Nothing wrong with that at all. But you can literally put like a day's worth of calories in a drink and then wonder why you're not losing weight or just like all the fat. And, you know, um, fat is just really, really easy to kind of go overboard on. And then you're also not supporting your muscle mass, your lean muscle mass. So having an adequate amount of protein really helps you um, in terms of like getting out of that world where you're just like craving constantly. And that really has to do with like our hunger hormones, leptin and ghrelin, but you're getting those signals quieted down and you just feel satisfied. And that's a huge piece of it. That is a huge piece of the weight loss journey as most people really know. Uh, for example, yesterday um, for lunch, I had a burger with some bacon on it and I had salad with it. And I mean it wasn't like anything crazy. It wasn't huge. But I was very satisfied and, you know, kind of verging on full. I'm not a super big fan of like that full feeling at all. But anyway, it, that was around twelve thirty one and you know seven seven thirty rolled around and I was not hungry. So that's just basically what happens. I did not snack in between. I didn't even think about it. You know, um, I did have a little bit for dinner just because we had company and um, I felt like, okay, I'm going to have a little bit because I don't want to like be hungry at 10. I had the smallest little thing of actually ground beef and some avocado. Um, But that's just an example of like getting off of that crazy merry-go-round. I'm not saying you have to like not eat dinner or whatever. I'm just saying that's what happens. Oftentimes, in like with our standard American diet, people find themselves just like snacking constantly and just feeling, never feeling satisfied, always feeling like, oh, I need something more, right? Another thing playing into that is this hypothesis called the protein leverage hypothesis. It is believed that animals and humans have this like innate drive to eat enough protein so this drive to eat until you fulfill that protein requirement so what that means is if you start off your day with just like a bunch of carbs or maybe even fat you're gonna still like oh i still want something because your body is craving that protein therefore you'll feel less deprived or driven to eat more if you aim to fill your basically your bucket with protein first That hypothesis absolutely makes sense to me, but I also feel like it does have something to do with the hunger hormone. The protein is very satiating, therefore you're not gonna have that like underlying feeling of I want something sweet, I I want something, you know, I have all these cravings. So I do have to address um, the whole concept of gluconeogenesis because this comes up. And that is basically that if you have too much protein, your body cannot process through it and digest it. Therefore, it will turn into glucose in your system. And, you know, there is a lot of information out there on it. The amount of protein that I would consider somebody having on like a more protein focused ketogenic protocol is not enough to throw you over the edge. I am actually far more concerned about people not having enough protein than too much. And there are also several things that I would say you should be concerned with in terms of what will boost your blood sugar, which is the the glucose in in your bloodstream. More than high protein, you know, more than you're at risk of like too much protein. And those are stress, toxins, Medications, there's certain medications. Some of these are like steroids, SSRIs, beta blockers, statins. I mean, of all the things which, you know, a lot of those are like, oh, those are trying those are supposed to make me healthier. But um no. So definitely always when you get a medication, really look into the side effects because they are a thing. I see a lot of people being impacted greatly by the side effects that they're not quite familiar with. So make yourself familiar. Um, And then also like a lack of specific minerals and nutrients, making sure that your magnesium and your potassium are where they need to be at the optimal levels is very important and can really help like regulate that blood sugar. So that's it in a nutshell. With my upcoming keto group, we are going to be focused more on meeting those protein levels, those optimal protein levels. And again, keeping the carbs low keeping those at a certain level, like lower level, meeting those protein levels, and then kind of filling in with the fat, but not freaking out. Like I haven't met my fat. We're shifting it because if you're trying to lose weight, then this is a much better approach. So again, my keto group starts on June 6th, and I will have information below. And feel free to ask questions if you want to send me a message. Again, Jess at healthwithjess.com. And you will have eight weeks of materials in a program that you can log in and you have your own little like virtual classroom, lots of meal plans, um, lots of guidance in terms of your macronutrients and tracking and testing ketones and all the things, all the things. And then we have a private Facebook group. So we do it together. All right. So you can find me at thatvibrantlife.com, Facebook, that vibrant life, Instagram, that underscore vibrant life.